hear about these people who are known for being amazing at Olympiads, but you think, am I just at a disadvantage? In reality, it actually doesn't matter. There's this mouse my friends created, actually for applications just open to apply. So is there a deadline? Uh, there is. Right. I don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Tangent Territory podcast. I'm honored to have Robert Crumplin with us today to talk about his journey in mathematics and a maths camp that he's currently involved in. Robert did his undergrad at the University of Cambridge where he met Dimitri Whitmore, our first guest. I highly recommend that you check out his episode. At the moment, Robert is doing a PhD in Imperial College London. His research is in algebraic geometry more specifically, mirror symmetry and Gromov-Witten theory. How did you know Dimitri? So I guess I met him during undergrad, so it was actually the end of my first year, and I guess in first year I was still making friends when also trying to find people who I really, like, gelled with on a maths level. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought Dimitri just appeared out of nowhere. He was kind of a person who was, like, very great at maths, but also, like, really nice to speak yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we kind of just started talking and hanging out, and it turned out it was, it was great to hang out with and do maths with. So right, <laughs> it, right. It really, it really worked out in that sense. I would say Dimitri is always, it's, it's very clear he's always been very talented at maths. And right. um, he's always made the most of it, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it really makes you consider, it's like, well, did I have the best like maths background? Should I, should I be doing maths if I didn't do this? And in reality, it actually doesn't matter, I think. University is an example where everyone starts at different levels, but everyone kind of learns in their own kind of way. Right. Um, so, like for me, I I wouldn't say I was like super late to maths, but I, I wasn't actually that motivated to get get super involved in it until for A levels really, and, and like it was kind of a whim when I applied to do maths at university. So I hadn't really done any Olympiad stuff. I hadn't done any maths for fun outside mm -hmm. of lessons mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was only until like it was just a family friend actually they gave me a a random book because I was, I was really interested in physics but I was I was learning I was trying to learn all this stuff about like quantum mechanics and stuff and I thought I have, I have no idea like what any of this is about uh -huh. and it just so happened a family friend had some book and I was like right you should start with something kind of more down to earth and like here's, here's a book on just some abstract algebra Oh. And um, so they themselves, they, they did a PhD, but they loved maths and did a, yeah, went, went to work in industry. Okay. I never really talked to them that much about maths until, until our, our paths crossed in a sense. Right. And they gave me this book to read and I thought, it started from ground level as well, so it was amazing. I didn't need to know lots of stuff. Wow. But it was like kind of just this abstract stuff I hadn't seen before. And I, I read some stuff on group theory and thought, oh, this is, this is kind of cool. I can actually show some stuff with it. I can have a proof, and there's a new flavor of maths which you, you don't get to really see at A level. And that, I think, for, was the moment for me where I thought, oh, I'm interested in maths. So, right. Do you remember what the book was called? Who was yeah, by? Yeah, there was a there's an old book by Ian Hurstein or Hurstein. I, I don't know the pronunciation, okay. but okay. Um, 
it was a very like raggedy book for this guy had when they were like a student like 40 50 years before and I also started getting into physics before mm. maths. I read Stephen Hawking's book. Um, I, me too, actually. Right? Funny you bring that up. I would say, before I got into maths, which was like defined by that book, Yeah. I said I was interested in physics, and I guess that was defined by, yeah, Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. Yes! Um, That's exactly the book. I, I never, I didn't read too much, but I remember like, I couldn't put that book down. I was just yeah, so yeah, it's extremely well written. It was so accessible, even yeah. for like students like us at, at the time. I don't remember how I found the book that got me into maths, but I remember the name. Like it was, uh-huh. it was called "A Concise Introduction to Pure Mathematics" by Martin. Martin Ebeck, yeah, that one. You you know that yeah. book? I I, that, I read that book as well. I think. Yeah, I think in a way it's like in the UK system. There is a syllabus, yeah, and everything rides on the exam. So, the syllabus is your book in that sense. It's right. You, you, you read for it line by line. You see, do I know this thing, and or like, can I do this type of question? And then, if yes, the teachers feel okay. My, my job's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess it's also created as well, so it fills up all the time of lessons. Right. So, you know, I, I don't really remember at undergrad. That's uh, like during school, but. Maybe at the end of the year, there would be like one lesson spare mm. that you do something like fun and like off syllabus for. Okay. But I guess aside from that, like everyone knows what you're going to study before you study it. It's kind of set. It's interesting because in a way, university maths is very different to Olympian maths. Mm-hmm. But before you really get into it, that's always the worry you kind of have in your mind. Right. You kind of get there on like day one or like the first week, first month. You haven't really done any content yet. Yeah. But you hear about these people who are known for being amazing at Olympias, maybe this person got a perfect score for IMO or something. Right, right. You, you kind of are kept guessing of like what exactly they know, because occasionally maybe maybe someone will mention a, a result in an area like combinatorics or graph theory, or one of these areas of maths which has a great overlap with Olympiad stuff. Mm-hmm. And these people going to university, they know loads and have a very good understanding in general of these types of areas. Mm-hmm. You hear more and more people talk about more and more things that you don't know and um it's it's a good opportunity to, to learn something new um i've certainly learned more about combinatorics and graph theory and things like this just by talking to people with an olympia background mm-hmm. than i would have done just on my own because i've never gone in that direction mm-hmm. but yeah during the first year where you're kind of finding your footing i think you think am i just at a disadvantage right um, and I think that's a very natural thing to ask, but over time it's, it's clear that that is not the focus of university maths. Mm. Um, it's more abstract, there's much more theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympiad is very problem solving heavy, and that's why kind of the topics studied are more accessible. So something like a graph is just a collection of vertices and lines in between them, mm-hmm. or like combinatorics is like a theory of just counting things in a sense. Not to, diminish these areas, they're right, like active right. areas of research people do amazing things in, but yeah. um, a lot of the questions are accessible, even if they're still very hard. Right. Whereas university, even though there is a problem-solving element and to do maths is about problem-solving, it's also about just the interest of like the questions. Like um, There are many hard-to-state questions to like a, an A-level student, but uh, I think are very interesting these days. Right. Like, um, a lot of the research that my friends do at PhD, uh, 
are not going to be easily accessible yeah. to a general audience. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference between Olympiad stuff and university apps. Th there's a story about Dimitri in linear algebra. Yeah, it was, he made one of these super precise, which looking back sounds very pedantic comments, but actually I thought, oh, that's interesting. I should, I should talk to him more <laughs> right. figure out what he means. But there was this thing where the, the lecturer just mentioned they didn't write it down even, I think they said the set of vector spaces. Right. And for some technical reasons, it doesn't form a set. Mm -hmm. He asked in the, in the lecture, do you mean proper class? And <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny looking back, but like, I thought, oh, hmm. let me, let me like ask him about this. <laughs> right. Because I've never been in a lecture room with Dimitri before because yeah. he's a few years younger. I didn't realize that he was one of those people. Like there's... <laughs> <laughs> because in, in lectures, most people are silent. Maybe there's one or two people who who are confident enough to raise um, their hands to speak. Actually, so Dimitri was pretty quiet. He he wasn't really one of those people. It was only on some very... If he had a genuine concern about something, he would, he would talk. But he was, he was a good listener. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, maybe you've heard some stories about, like, there were some characters in my year in the audience especially in first year where, where everyone went to every lecture and right like you know I, there was there was no time for me or dimitri to speak <laughs> uh, there was going to be someone else speaking instead and right i think uh some of the lecturers are warned that my my kind of cohort had a bit of a like a talking out loud problem <laughs> <laughs> Right, so so what what would happen? Would they just um, ask a lot of questions or? Yeah, so I guess here's the thing: is that like maths is hard, and everyone everyone makes mistakes like all the time, especially things just like small typos. Like trying trying to lecture as well is slightly different from trying to do maths on your own. Mm -hmm. It's kind of more performative, and you know you, you don't always write exactly what you say, or something doesn't match up, and you get into the habit in university of just learning that, okay, this is a typo. I understand it's a typo. Let me correct it in my mind and I'll carry on following. Right. Um, some people in first year had a big difficulty in trying to do that. And they would see a typo, no matter how small it was, and they had to question it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great when you have a confidence to speak in lectures, because I think, I think usually if, if you're confused as like 50% of audience is confused as well. Yeah. And someone needs to ask a question. Um, but, you know, you, there is there is actually such a thing as asking too many questions <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> right, right. It's so much easier to doubt yourself as a first year student, I think, than a third year. Yeah, definitely. I think that's true. And actually, if I think about what I was thinking and feeling in first year lectures, um, I kind of would feel, if I didn't know exactly what they were going to say, I'd, I'd be kind of worried. It's like, well, where's this going? Mm. And then you kind of get into the habit of like, okay, maybe second or third year, you, you don't know where it's going to go, but okay, you just kind of accept it. And then fourth year, you, you understand like half the lecture <laughs> during the time. And then like nowadays I go to research talks and I understand like five words and then I'm just like lost. <laughs> it's a slow, it's a slow progression of just acceptance but like you won't understand everything and like that's just totally fine. Um, and yeah, even at school level, like 
sure. There, there are definitely times when my teacher would say something and, you know, you can't be expected to understand everything. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, sometimes you have a brain fart, you're tired or whatever. Like, yeah. You have a 9am class and, like, you're just not going to follow some days. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you can always keep learning in a subject or an area or, or in whatever you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um... But in order to keep learning, you need to know what you, you need to think. What don't you know? Mm -hmm, so you're constantly thinking about, almost like kind of critical about um, what could I do better? What what could I understand more? Mm -hmm. And especially in, in research maths or any type of academia, um, you're always asking about stuff that you don't know about, and you're lucky if someone comes up to you and asks you about something you do know about. Right. Okay. <laughs> mm. Like going back to your background, mm -hmm. I'm actually wondering whether you had more time to explore different things before you got into maths, and so you get kind of a more balanced life because of that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think, potentially. Um, I mean, I, I also did a lot of music and stuff like this growing up. Oh, I nice. mean, just, just, on the side of maths, I played clarinet and piano oh, nice. growing up. Um, and Sure, I had like a lot of random interests over time. I did a lot of sports growing up as well. Um, which, I mean, this is all just common stuff. And actually, I think even comparing to, say, students in the US, that seems very narrow, what I've been doing. Right. Even during school, even though I wasn't spending all my time outside of lessons doing maths when I was like 15 or 14. Um, it was still the case, I guess, I, was, I knew I was kind of scientifically minded and I was mostly focused on learning about science in some, some form. Whereas in the US, there's definitely a, an emphasis on you have to be well-rounded. Mm. And that's, that's been interesting to learn about for me. Um, and I, I think the UK could learn a lot in that sense. Um, because, e yeah, e even if like you, you aren't like an Olympiad person, if you think about what you study at A-levels and you want to study maths at university, maybe you study maths for the maths and physics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, basically you're just studying maths and, like, you don't really get to explore anything else. Yeah, we kind of talked a bit about earlier about um, how do you surround yourself with kind of positive environment when you're trying to study a subject um, outside of just usual lessons at school. And I think uh, there's this maths camp my friends created like many years ago now. 2017 I think um, in Poland and it's for like high school students from around the world really that just want to learn some cool maths and actually a lot of people there do have an Olympiad background but it's not like it's meant to not be Olympiad stuff like okay. there's, there's a real like mixture and as someone who like doesn't know Olympiad stuff I attend other people's classes on Olympiad stuff and I learn something and then I teach stuff on the non-Olympia stuff. Right. <laughs> I teach like more academic stuff. It's a really nice environment to just be exposed to like lots of new things. And um, the people there are really awesome. And I've made some good friends over the years. And so this camp happens in Poland every year. And now there's another branch happening in, in Bosnia. Uh, hopefully every year as well. And actually the application is just open to apply. Oh, nice. So I guess... Hopefully, check the link. <laughs> yeah, the link's gonna be put in the description. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, you don't actually need to know anything to apply. You just need to be keen. And like, there are some problems you need to attempt and send in. But like, there are type of problems where it's like, 
they should be kind of fun and you're not meant to do them all. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not actually a test, it's just to see who's like actually invested enough to like try. Is there a deadline? Uh, there is. Right. I don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> just to summarize, here are the key points about Robert's Maths Camp. Applications are open now and there is no application fee. It's about two weeks, accommodation is included. All you have to do is get there and enjoy two weeks-ish of teaching from people with proper mathematical training, which is invaluable. It's been really great at seeing people kind of attend the camp as like a participant, and then they go to university and they do maths, and then like, uh, now I have a few friends who are now about to start a PhD who I first met when they were in like high school and they attended like one of my classes and now they're teaching me their own stuff. So wow. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really cool to see. Um, so yeah, to me that was like, I'm, I'm reliving like, or I'm living my like childhood dream of being able to attend this extracurricular math stuff that I never realized existed. Everything's covered. It's just, you need to get there. Mm. Um, but you'll be partially reimbursed for that hopefully as well so mm. it's it's really like accessible it's just maybe maybe a time to travel there but um whether it's in poland or bosnia or wherever um but actually it's a really small price to pay for like two weeks of not having to pay any money and like free really cool teaching so aside from you who are the other people that are involved in so actually it was started like everyone there is like super young I, strangely enough i'm like the oldest person like he's even like teaching there now, which is like kind of unbelievable. Right. It's because it was started by like people in my age when they were about to start their own undergrad. Okay. So they were very like productive and like create a whole maths camp before they even started university effectively. Wow. And so I, I have no clue how they managed it, but um, yeah, yeah, they managed to keep it up every year, and um, more and more people have joined in. Wow. So these are all some uni friends, and there are people studying at various universities now. So. Like Cambridge, Oxford, uh, other universities in the UK, um, universities in Poland, like Warsaw, um, and I guess like the main universities in every main city in Eastern Europe that are usually some people from. This episode is for those of you who discovered your interest in maths relatively later and have missed out on opportunities to do competitive mathematics. Hope Robert has addressed some of the worries you might have about going to uni to do maths. Keep working on your problem solving skills as well as mathematical understanding as these are the most effective ways to gain confidence. Otherwise, surround yourself with supportive people and be kind to yourself. I'm doing this on my own with my own money. Please support me on Patreon if you like this content and like and subscribe. Have a great day. See you next episode.